I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast presented by OnX. This is episode 377. This is Rut Fresh Radio, but this is not Mark Kenyon. Instead, you're stuck with just me this week, Spencer Newharth. Uh, Mark and I were not able to hop on the computers and record an intro this week because yesterday, October 6th, I killed a buck in Wyoming and dealt with that for most of the day. And today, October 7th, uh, I'm not going to give you all the details, but I'll tell you that a buck was killed on the back 40. So you're going to have to tune into future episodes and check out Mark's social to see exactly what happened. Now, the last time we talked, I told Mark I was on my way to Wyoming. I'd be there for five days, and I was looking for a mule deer or a whitetail on public land. And as Mark would say, I'm going to give you a Cliff Notes version of what happened in the Cowboy State. The first couple of days there, I was looking for a mule deer, and I was really struggling to do so. Um, What I didn't know about this part of the state that I was going to is that it was wildly dry. There were often times where I was glassing an area and uh, had this realization that there was more water in my backpack than there was for like a mile in any direction. And why that's important when it comes to me filling my whitetail tag is that I realized the green food sources are also where you'd find water, which is also where you'd find deer. And it's also very telling that that area has a high prevalence of CWD, Because, uh, despite it being big country, most of the deer are just stacked on top of each other and focused on these green food sources. When I did switch gears and started looking for whitetails then, I went and looked for pieces of private ground that would have the ideal food that were someplace near public where I could intercept these whitetails going to feed in this big egg. And ultimately, that was the difference maker between me killing a deer and not killing a deer. Um, Although I was hunting public ground, I had the benefit of accessing it through this private, which left behind uh, basically 99% of hunters that would ever be on that property. When it comes to the actual killing of the deer, um, what I found while I was there is that the deer were quite predictable. Uh, They were sort of on patterns that you'd expect to see in like mid to late September. So the buck that I ended up killing, uh, which is a 5x5 that you can go see on 
my Instagram at Spencer Newharth. He was a deer that I had seen Monday morning and then I had seen Monday night. Um, and using that information, I went to the area where he was entering this field that morning and that evening, and I ended up killing him on Tuesday morning. If you recall on last week's episode, Mark and I talked about how killing a deer this time of year, so much of it comes down to being aggressive and really weighing that risk versus reward factor between bumping a buck and not seeing him for another three weeks and killing a buck. Now for me, I didn't have much of a choice but to be aggressive. This was public land. This was the last day of the hunt on a trip that I had already extended by a day because I I thought I might be able to get it done. Um, So when you're weighing those factors, you're out of state, public ground, uh, final day, I was more aggressive than I typically would be on October 6th, and that's how I killed this whitetail. So that's a theme that you're going to hear in this week's episode and future episodes of Rot Fresh Radio as we get into what most hunters consider the law. Now this week we're going to talk to Adam Bolds in Indiana, Kyler Mopper in Louisiana, Justin Michau in New York, and Clifford Martin in Iowa. If you take anything away from this week's episode of Rut Fresh Radio, I want it to be something that Mark and I have covered in a few seasons in the past. And it's that if you think about buck movement as a line graph, it's going to start to increase in like early September and then it's going to peak around early to mid-November, and then it's going to start to decrease after that. Now, that's a very rudimentary way to think about how bucks are moving in daylight. But within that uh, rise and fall, you also have these little ebbs and flows of more movement and less movement. What I think we're at right now is these last like five days, we had more movement, and so that line graph would be up, uh, and we're currently leveling out now, coming back down to what you'd expect to see this time of year. So while the hunters that we talked to this week um, sound pretty pessimistic, just know that it's going to swing the other way and things are going to get better, but that this next week or so is going to be a difficult time to kill a mature whitetail. It can still absolutely be done, although the hunting was probably better five days ago and it's going to be better again in 10 days or so. But that's enough for me for this week. Let's get to our first interview. All right, and joining us on the line next is Adam Bolds from Hunt the Wild. Now, Adam, in Indiana, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I would say about a 5. I'm going to go with mid-level. I think a lot of it has to do with weather right now. Um, As far as buck activity during the nighttime hours, it's higher. But like during the day, hunting hours, last light, anything like that, it's just Gosh, the weather has just been a killer. 90 degrees, constant. Yeah, just looking for a cold front. As a public land hunter, what are you looking for when you go in in early to mid-October when you're trying to kill a buck? Uh, Early to mid-October, I'm usually looking for, uh, around here, public land's a little bit smaller, so we kind of hunt cornfields, beanfields, stuff like that. Um, There's a couple areas around here that are a little bigger. So I'll try to get on, you know, acorns or something, uh, persimmon, something of that nature. But mostly I'd say it's, it's going to be crop fields and some of them are starting to come out now. So it's working in our favor. How did things change for you when those crops start to come out? Oh man. Uh, it's usually good for about the first week. There's usually a lot of deer out on the field. 
and then um if you're not a running gun hunter i mean if you just got to set up stand on that field uh, it's usually it's usually just kind of luck or or something like that until the rut i mean you got to get get back in the woods i think because they start hitting acorns and persimmon around here are you seeing any sign making yet in indiana uh not as much as normal actually i've seen a few rubs um but that's really about it i haven't i haven't stumbled on any any scrapes um yeah it's the crops are coming out a little bit earlier it seems like but for some reason i'm not seeing all the normal sign that i see which is kind of weird it could be weather related this time of year are you doing any morning setups yeah, yeah. Um, I actually killed killed a doe. Let's see, two two or three weekends ago, it was morning, early early morning, about seven oh eight in the morning. Um, and that evening, there was I was actually hunting in a different area, but I had on camera that evening. A couple smaller bucks came through um, pretty early, but like I said, mature bucks are still. They're still staying pretty nocturnal for the most part. So what does a morning setup look like for you in mid-October? A morning setup is usually on some kind of food source pretty far away. Um, Sometimes if you can get away from other hunters, um, I hunt really high up. I usually hunt about 20 foot, 25 foot because it feels safer that way, smell and everything. But yeah, I mean, I I go in quiet. I I very rarely will use a light. He's a red light, so yeah, food source and sit tight. I try to sit tight as, as long as I can because you know, those deer can come through 10, 11 o'clock even. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Indiana? I think it's going to probably about a 7. Okay, so it's really hot right now. It's going to rain all weekend into the middle or beginning Monday, Tuesday of next week. Um then the temperature is going to drop a little bit, not a whole lot. And then as we get into like next weekend, um, a cold front's going to hit. And I, uh, I know how those cold fronts are. I get the deer moving. So, um, by, by next weekend, you better be in the woods. If you, if you hunt in Indiana, cause deer are going to be on their feet. All right, Adam, well, I like your optimism. Good luck with your haunts. And thanks for joining me. Yep. Thank you. All right, and joining us on the line next is Kyler Moppert from Louisiana Bow Hunter in Louisiana. Now, Kyler in Louisiana, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to ten? On a scale of one to ten, I would put it so far this season about an eight. Uh, and you know, we've had a really interesting season so far. Uh, we typically don't have as cool a weather as we've had uh, opening day and opening weekend. We were in the high 40s, uh, low 50s on Thursday and Friday. And um, that, I think, got a lot of bucks on their feet. And not only that, but the most interesting part was a lot of them were in velvet. We're getting a lot of velvet pictures, which is really unusual for us. Uh, a lot of times deer would have lost all the, their velvet by now, but I probably got 15 or 20 velvet pictures of not very nice bucks that were killed last week. Now, Louisiana has one of the stranger whitetail herds in the country with biological clocks that are all over the map. So can you walk us through what hunters should be expecting for rut timing in the state this year? 
So uh, the southwest portion of the state is usually the earliest rut. Um, we've got some deer um, in an area called Avery Island where Tabasco sauce is made that will rut in late July and early August um, before the season even opens. So their rut ends before the season opens on September 15th. But we've been receiving a few pictures of bucks killed um, in rut, big swollen necks, and, and um, really nice deer from southwest Louisiana. But unfortunately, Hurricane Laura destroyed a lot of that area and the people in that area just aren't hunting right now and we've got another hurricane coming down the pipe right now as we speak but um uh, you know for the for the rest of the state not a whole lot of rut action we won't get much until the very beginning of november for the other portions like northern northeast portions of the state that that kind of kick off what what we refer to as early which probably is more in line with the typical midwest rut you know mid-november um, and then we, we rut all the way up and through until the middle of February in some areas. So um, we're still very early in a lot of those other, those other areas. You mentioned there's a hurricane on the way for that area. How does the hurricane change things for deer movement in the south? They move about 130 miles an hour. Uh, during a hurricane, <laughs> they, uh, the, the, the Cameron Prairie area, which is the southwest portion of the state, just got almost totally flattened. Um, and uh, I, I've, I've been sent pictures of, of some really nice bucks that were killed in, in floodwaters and, and um, uh, storm surges. Um, even seen pictures of, of trees that, uh, that fell down on deer and killed them. So, uh, like I said, I, that part of the state is going to be hard hit for a while. And, and I'm very, uh, uh, very interested as to why the state hasn't closed those three deer areas down yet for that reason. Because in the past, when an area has flooded really bad, such as Baton Rouge, they'll, they'll close it down for the season so that nobody's putting any excess pressure on the deer herd. So I don't think many people are going to be hunting in southwest Louisiana this year unless they live there and go hunt somewhere else. What are the most popular food sources for early to mid-October for most of the state? Most of the state is going to be acorns. Um, you need to be finding your white oak trees that are just now starting to drop. Um, I, hunt, I hunted some oak groves over the weekend where there might be 25 or 30 white oaks on it, and there's only two of them dropping. Um, I haven't been back since the weekend, so the others might have caught up or started dropping by now. But right now is going to be focusing on your white oaks. Um, and, uh, and trying to set up in between the, the travel routes or the bedding areas and the white oaks themselves and catch them passing by. That's going to be your best food source currently. You were successful on some recent hunts since openers. Tell me about those setups for getting those deer on the ground. Oh, man. You know how Babe Ruth used to point to left field with his bat? Uh-huh. I, uh, I, that's, that's how I feel. That's how I felt over the weekend. I, uh, I, I quite literally pointed at three places on a map and said this is where it's going to happen and i killed three deer and five hunts in uh in four days um my camp uh, the guys in my camp we killed one deer every day all on public land um thursday friday saturday sunday i got a call by the wma manager asking where we were hunting because out of 3500 efforts on that wma we were the only four people to kill deer and so you know, I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now uh, as far as locating deer, but that was all to do with um, I was combining travel routes and transitions, uh, and me, with transitions meaning um, I was crossing a swamp or a body of water, so I was blocking off one side, and then I was hunting the south wind, 
south wind side of an Oak Ridge or an Oak Flat. And um, early season like that, when I said all those trees aren't dropping yet, it's really easy to hone in on the one that is. And just, I mean, they come to it like a bug to a light. And, uh, that, I mean, it was the best opener I've ever had. I was, I was feeling very confident right now. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Louisiana? I think it's going to normalize to about a 6 or a probably a 6. I'm going to call it a 6. Um, it's gotten hot. Um, the, uh, the pressure is going to get real high with this storm. Even if you don't get hit by the storm, I think it's going to shut down a lot of deer, um, deer activity just from the heat. Um, and the fact that there's a lot of people in the woods this year from COVID. And, uh, we talked about this, um, a lot recently where you've got people that are laid off or working from home. And to a lot of people working from home is the same thing as working from a deer stand and they might be overpressuring their areas. So it's something we all need to watch out for this year. But I think it's going to go down to a six um, because because uh, of the weather primarily. All right, Kyler, congrats on your successful opener. Good luck on the rest of your haunts, and thanks for joining me. Appreciate it, Spencer. Have a good day. All right, and joining us on the line next is Justin Michaud from New York. Now, Justin, in New York, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to ten? Uh, I'd probably give it uh, about a five. I think um, – the activity that I've seen has been somewhat standard for that end of summer going into fall, um, still food patterns, but I did, uh, have a sit that I, that I did the other night where there was some sparring. You could tell that these bucks are getting just a bit more, you know, edgy and, um, trying to push around a little bit. So I think that, I think we're on our way. We just had New York's opener about a week ago. Typically, how aggressive are you for those opening hunts? Typically, I'm not that aggressive. I like to, to take those first few sits and kind of do more observation. But um, I had a buck that I got on camera once and a buck that I, the same buck, I had seen him multiple times from about June on and kind of uh, figured out somewhat of his core area, but, you know, cameras didn't help me out much on that so um i with uh, my work schedule and the cold front that hit i thought i was just going to take a bit of a educated guess and uh i dove in on him that first night sit and um saw 13 deer that night and one of the deer was him i actually had him come by he has a uh, drop tine on his left side so I, he was pretty easy to, to pick out and I had him come by and he was at five yards and, uh, it was one of those situations where I kind of, kind of hoped it wasn't him when I saw him because he looked a bit different, um, when I actually got my eyes on him. So I let him get about 25, 30 yards and grunted him back, got eyes on him again and, um, decided I was going to probably let him go another year so uh i think that between that cold front and the lack of pressure that had been in the woods so far uh, i was able to capitalize at least on you know connecting some dots even though it didn't turn into anything on the ground uh the opportunity was there are you seeing any sign making yet in new york as of right now it still seems a bit dry um you know, from from the time that I've been out and even a couple weeks before, 
you know, I'm not seeing what I feel like I typically do. And I'm not sure if that's, you know, temperature related or um, if things just aren't heating up yet. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I I feel like by now I'm typically seeing more scrapes and rubs pop up. But as of now, it's, you know, still seems maybe a little bit early. What food sources are you focused on in early to mid-October in that part of the country? Well, that depends on um, what's actually going on. I mean, I, I've actually seen, uh, you know, I've noticed that in a, well, mainly green sources. But as I say that, you know, if, if they come through and they do a cut on the alfalfa, uh, there seems to be a bit of a switchover to that because of that fresh growth. So they're still at this point, from what I'm seeing, hitting the greens. Again, it's a little bit early, um, but all of the deer that I've seen, I've got winter wheat that um, that I've seen pop up and they're hitting that. It's really, right now, I would say it's all that new fresh growth. So whether it be something that was planted late that's just popping or, um, yeah, same with the, uh, with the alfalfa. And I have a small plot in and have seen the same thing, a significant amount of deer and does and, and fawns um, in that green source. Uh, that I'm getting on camera now. If you're doing a morning setup over these next couple of weeks, what do those situations look like? Well, I typically don't like to do mornings this early. uh, But again, with work, with my work schedule, I've had to get a little bit more creative. So um, right now, you know, I I have a couple spots in mind. Um, I have done one so far and it was, uh, a bit, you know, I noticed transition back from food to bed, which is, you know, pretty typical for, for this early time of year. But I do have a spot that uh, I've kind of been keeping an eye on that I'm really pumped to get in uh, when, when I get a little bit of a switch in weather here, where uh, it's a corn uh, field that got put in fairly late. And it's a uh, and and it has a couple of little fingers of timber that come right out into the cornfield and that has oaks on it. So, and I know that those oaks typically produce a good amount of acorn. So I, when I, my next sit, I think will be uh, in that spot. So I'll either get them coming in, coming in from the corn headed back to bed if they're not bedding in the corn for those acorns. Or I just think there's going to be great movement in that area because of the uh, the amount of food there. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in New York? Well, naturally, I would say it's probably going to at least move uh, move up on the scale. So like I said, it was probably a 5. I think we'll start to, to squeak up a bit, maybe 6. I don't know if we'll get to a 7. But, uh, you know, I... I've been away from home for a few days. So, you know, it doesn't take long for that sign to start to pop up. And, uh, I would say, I would say we're going to start, you know, moving in the right direction here. All right, Justin, well, good luck with those haunts when you get back in the woods. Thanks for joining me. Thanks Spencer. All right. And joining us on the line next is Clifford Martin from stick and pick in Iowa. Now Clifford in Iowa, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to 10? I would say it's probably been, uh, in the last week, it's probably been uh, eight to nine. Uh, it's been very, 
very good for early season. And uh, obviously, um, we've had a, a good front come through, high pressure, uh, cooler temperatures than normal for the first of the season. And uh, it's uh, been about as good as it gets for the first of the season. Now, you and your family have put down some awesome bucks lately in Iowa. Tell me about the setups for those successful hunts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the my two boys, obviously, they get to hunt in youth season uh in iowa so that starts mid-september and runs to the first of october and that can be kind of a tricky time of the year to hunt but um the first year uh, my oldest son killed uh was on uh standing beans that were still pretty green uh which is can be pretty good at that time of the year if they're not too yellow and so we were able to capitalize on a, a great deer uh, on day one of youth season, obviously to the green soybeans. And then um, um, about a week ago, my youngest son killed his on, uh, we focused in on more of a, a green turnip plot, brassica plot. Um, the beans were getting pretty yellow. So anything green was basically um, starting to really turn on for uh, white tails. So we really started focusing on more something green, greener. And uh, that's where we found the deer. And, uh, yeah, we were able to knock down some great deer on youth season. And then for me, uh, 1st of October, I was lucky enough to harvest uh, one of my target bucks. And I focused on a green clover plot. So 1st of the season there, uh, right around the 1st of October, if everything's dried down, it's definitely focused to focus on anything green. Uh, that's where we normally do our best um, the 1st of the year. Or the 1st of the season, I'm sorry. Now, how deep into fall are you focused on the green food sources? From here forward, all the way to the rut, I really focus on green. Um, and, uh, you know, then, you know, your rut comes in, food is not quite as important. And then, obviously, after, uh, you know, third week of uh, November, then it's back on green. And then from there, it's, you know, um, later into December, you know, your grains will be better or do better. Um, obviously, if you have standing beans or corn, um, that's what we look into all the way into December. Are you seeing any sign making yet in Iowa? Yep, uh, it is definitely picking up. Obviously, you know, with the rising moon pressure, um, you know, the sign has been just, you know, just exploding. Uh, we do have a warm snap right now, so I think that'll probably slow it up a little bit, but, you know, give it a week or two and it should be rolling, but as far as for this time of the year, it's definitely really exploded. Do you have any tricks for killing a mature buck over these next couple of weeks when a lot of them go nocturnal? That's a good question, and I don't know if there's a right right answer. For me, um, it is definitely a tougher time of the year. Um, probably, you know, I think they're just not walking around as much in the daylight. For me, I try to get real close, and obviously I have the luxury of doing a lot of plots here in Iowa. I try to get real close to their bedding. Uh, this time of the year, they, they're usually moving late. So the closer you can get to their bedding this time of the year, or any food source that's real close to their bedding, that's probably, you know, last minute uh, when they wander out of their bedroom is probably the the biggest thing for me is try to get as close to them as you can that time of the year. Do you notice a shift in bedding at all in the month of October? Um, not really, no. I mean, um, there's definitely, here in Iowa, we, you know, the harvest is in full blast right now. So that usually changes a lot of things. You'll have some new bucks show up. Um, 
bucks, um, you know, definitely are moving around a little bit as far as adjusting their bedding areas and so on. So, and I think a lot of that here in Iowa anyway, where we don't have just a southern Iowa, we don't have just a ton of timber. Some areas we do, but where I hunt, I don't have as much timber. So, um, I say the harvest bumps a lot of pushes a lot of deer that were living in the crops and uh, are now transitioning to you know where there's more cover as they get pushed out of the cornfields and so on as they harvest. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Iowa? I would say it's probably going to be uh, a 5. Just It's not going to be very hot here in the next week or two. All right, Clifford, congrats on the awesome deer. Thanks for joining me. Yep, thank you. Appreciate it. And that concludes this week's episode of Rut Fresh Radio. Thanks to Adam, Kyler, Justin, and Clifford for joining me, and thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure you're following at Wired to Hunt on Facebook and Instagram, and following at Spencer Newharth on Instagram. Also, I hope you're subscribed to the Whitetail Weekly newsletter. It goes out on every single Monday, where you're going to see tons of content from folks like me, Mark, Tony Peterson, Daniel Pruitt, Pat Durkin, and more. I'm stoked that it's October. I hope you guys are getting in the woods this weekend and beating the October lull, improving me and Mark and all of the hunters that we talked to on this episode wrong by filling a tag. I will talk to you guys next week, but until then, stay wired to hunt. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.